it's just work. I don't know what you did to it. I didn't do anything. I literally just tried to plug it in. It wasn't working. What? What? I know. George is yelling at me. <laughs> no, I had it on. He's testing me. Okay, just start. The Broadcast, the biggest podcast in Vancouver, pretty much. We participate in light misandry. Get out of here with that. <laughs> Sexism. All of our societal structures are designed in ways to inherently prejudice women. Coach's Corner was kind of like my bathroom break. I don't give a fish's tits. I don't like to be bamboozled. I think it's amazing what you guys are doing. Which, I mean, I'm having a lot of fun. Hello and welcome to The Broadcast. I'm Sam. I'm your host for this week, and I am joined by Danny, Georgia, and Vanessa this week. Um, Mel may or may not join us at some point, or she might be taking a nap. We don't know, um, but we'll see. This is this is chaos, which is really something that we have not had in a while, and I've missed it. Um, starting with our highs and our lows this week. My high for this week is that our Michaela Gaudet's husband t-shirts are now available for sale on Spreadshirt because they are in fact not infringement on anyone's copyright. So thank you Spreadshirt for acknowledging that and please go buy some Michaela Gaudet's husband merch. All of the proceeds will be donated to mental health initiatives um, in BC. Uh, it's Foundry BC and in New York um, Head or Boston Headway Foundation uh, which works with athletes recovering from concussion issues and is a organization picked by Michaela Gaudet. Um, lows this week. <laughs> I think the universal low this week was Bell Media and TSN eliminating entire radio stations in the morning by remotely cutting off their mics with no advance warning and then just giving people half an hour to leave their jobs after like one week after the Let's Talk. So that was the low of this week, but we're gonna circle back to that in soap operas. So moving on to sports. Uh, this is really weird because I feel like we haven't done a normal episode in a really long time. I, <laughs> I have no idea what this is. <laughs> I know. Like um, but we can lead off with our favorite topic of the Canucks being god awful garbage. I've got, yeah. I've got nothing to say. I haven't I watched the Canucks. Stopped watching the game when it was one-one. The game against the last game against the Leafs. Um, I had to take a bath and then I kind of had a nap. And then when I turned my phone back on, Stefan Vertanen was yelling at people on Twitter which I think is truly a Canucks experience that no other markets will ever understand. Um, and then I tried to figure out what happened, but I didn't really understand. So the Canucks are just not very good. That series against Toronto was embarrassing. Like it was, it was embarrassing to the point where it was funny, but then it almost stopped being funny <laughs> again. Like that's how full circle it went. And I think a lot of people pointed out, like, there's a difference between losing games and getting absolutely fucking shellacked like we have been. What is going right? Literally nothing. I think... Hog under, maybe? Yeah. Our baby. Hog. That's it. Yeah, that's going right. But then they move the lines around and take him off the second line. So I was really not happy with that. Like, yeah, the only good thing that's working for them, you fuck around with it. Thanks a lot. And I really encourage people to do something while watching the game because it'll make you feel a lot better. Like I have dumbbells and I will just start like doing a workout. So I just feel a little bit better about it. And yeah, don't feel like so terrible about watching the game because it's painful. It sucks. It's not fun. And I miss last season. Remember the playoffs when we would record and have fun watching and I feel like wow. the playoffs misled a lot of people. Like I feel like from kind of when play stopped in March last year until the bubble, there was this whole narrative about like, you think the Canucks are a bubble team and not a playoff team. You're negative and you're not a real fan. 
they're contenders, blah, blah, blah. And then they were good in the bubble and people were like, huh, we were right. They're contenders. And then at the start of the season, people are like, oh, we added Nate Schmidt. And like this team got upgraded on defense, notwithstanding the fact that we didn't actually have a fifth or sixth defenseman. And there was just this whole delusion of the Canucks are going to be like this really good team that competes every night. And that was just a lie. And I think a lot of people also foresaw that that was going to be a lie. And it's depressing. And you know what? I actually still don't know what the score of the last game was because instead I was reading historical romance novels. Excellent choice, Sam. <laughs> Excellent choice. I, I think like I actually don't know what the last Leafs game score was. I think it was 3-1. I, I think it was 3-1. It was 4-1. Was it 4-1? Mm, I think it was. Oh, oh I think it was 3-1. I think it was 3-1 because actually it was because I actually went to go buy tampons and I was like, I'm going to go during the third period. So I walked down to shoppers and that was, yeah, during that Nils game with that. Actually, going back to George's point about it not being funny anymore, I think the only thing that's funny is watching Tyler Toffoli whoop our ass every game. Yeah. Like, I don't think that will get old because it's just a reminder of how bad Benning fucked up on that. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Honestly, there's this really great video I made um it's like for some reason I was sending a, my friend a video of me like chugging wine when we were losing to the Habs horribly and then Toffoli scores a hat trick and it devolves into me complaining about how we could have paid him and how Jim Benning is horrible um it's really a cinematic brilliance I will send it I think always the thing- take him for two goals. I've made I made some money off <laughs> Toffoli. Thank you. So that's yeah. been nice for me personally. And everyone should always do that. At least put like a toonie down on two goals. Yeah. Thank you. He he's the true two goal Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Mott. Um, I think circling back to like the bubble. I think I think there's a lot to be said about we were definitely not as good as the bubble presented itself. Bubble's a vacuum. There was a lot of moving parts that were happening. Our goaltending was unreal. We weren't as good as the bubble. I also don't think we're as bad as this. I think this is also a vacuum. We aren't as bad as this, but I think what's happening is that everything that's wrong with this team is exacerbated to the nth. And I don't have a problem with that. Like that means there's issues there that are um, that people would before sit and argue about and people would be like, no, it's not actually that bad. And to the point that we're seeing now, it's just like, we don't have defense. Our goaltending can't sustain the fact that we don't have defense. Um, our best players aren't scoring the way that they were. And I think that has just kind of blown everything up to epic proportion. Um, but if the next series goes wrong, like how can they just continue to play like this without doing anything? We've all seen the fire bending stuff. The fact that Travis Green is on his last year of his contract, like there's a lot of moving parts happening, but I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't, I don't know what they're supposed to do. Like, I don't, there isn't a short-term fix. I don't, there's not a long-term fix. Like, I don't know. And while the reality is, even if you fire him now, which I think there's a very good case for, like whoever is inheriting this still has to deal with all of the various roster and cap space issues that he has created. And that's not going to just vanish. And as much as people want to say, like, there are no issues because they're compliant, like, that's not how it works. Yeah. And the Vancouver Canucks have a really bad issue with communication and I think we saw that particularly with the interview that Jim Manning did with with Ben Kuzma from the province I don't know why he did that interview (laughs) I don't know who said that was okay that was so bad to sit there and say we ran out of time on re-signing people and then that accompanied with the other reports that like Chris Tanev is still upset about the way things happened. Um, The fact that there's internal issues with certain players who are upset with the way things are handled, like what? And then the person who Izzy does his radio show with Alex Blair reported that the inner workings of the team were really mad about that interview. 
and that that has led to ramifications. So like Jim Benning shut the fuck up challenge. I, yeah. Who let, stop letting Jim talk. (laughs) Don't let Jim talk. He's not good at it. (laughs) Sat said today that um, everything has to go through ownership at this point. So Benning's completely handcuffed, it sounds like. That doesn't make and, me feel any better. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, the, at this point, I don't understand. If he's completely handcuffed, you might as well just get rid of him. Like, what's the point in keeping him around if everything has to go through Francesco? I hate this. I hate all of this. This is terrible. And maybe if they didn't fire all their PR staff and leave so many people off, that they could have helped Jim not do that trash interview. Well, this is also like, this is exactly what happened with Gillis when he ended. Remember, like the Tortorella hiring was Francesco. Like he ultimately was just, he had like his power just gradually stripped away from him until he was just like, had nothing. And then was like, we gotta, gotta go. But yeah, I don't, uh, like, that's the thing I'm sitting here. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this team. Like they have aspects that are really good. But it's just, I don't understand going forward what they're supposed to do, especially if you have people in the locker room that are pissed off with management. Like, what are you supposed to do? They need a new GM and they need a president of hockey operations. Yeah, that's true. They need staff. They need to fill out staff everywhere too. Please. Yeah, but I don't think they have money. They didn't want to do buy. They have money. I think they just don't want to spend it right now because they're not bringing money in. Yeah, that's, that's the other, that's, like, I don't know how much we can say about that, but, like, yeah. Francesco, <laughs> on. I will say people who are, like, he's been really hard hit because he owns restaurants. He owns six restaurants. They're all doing relatively well. They're all high-end restaurants. And that's also not his main source of business. It's, like, his side hustle. Isn't his main source of income exploiting migrant workers? <laughs> Isn't his main source of business uh, real estate? Yeah. Which I thought I just saw something about how like it didn't actually go down. So I don't know. It's not great. It's not great, guys. And we got to watch. We're only a third of the way into the season. 40 more games. There are 40 (laughs) more games. And I thought about tweeting that the other day, but then I thought someone might construe that as like me saying, oh, don't worry. There's 40 games to turn around. I don't mean it that way. I mean like, I can't watch this team for 40 more games because I will unalive myself. The true R impact situation is actually me just getting Sam to say weird shit, such as unalive. I'm a se- I just, in my mind, the season's over. Like, this isn't real. Like, it's just part of this weird COVID time that doesn't count. Everything blurs together. This is part of it. And I'm just not going to watch it anymore. The NBA is really fun. And... <laughs> The Canucks make me cry. I think I saw something that like our winage, winning percentage was like on par with the Detroit Red Wings from last season. And I was just like, yeah. Sounds about right. That's, That's amazing. Just give us Luke Hughes. Give us own power. <laughs> oh my God, I want own power. No, we're the Canucks. So we'll, we'll tank, but then we'll still end up with like the sixth overall pick <laughs> because we're cursed. <laughs> uh, who are we playing next? Calgary. Calgary? Tomorrow. Oh, that one's just going to be all emotional. Oh I saw PJ tweet that we're getting the Marky and Tana videos. But everyone keeps leaving out Josh Levo. Oh yeah, no one gives so a shit about Josh Levo. <laughs> I do. I care about you. I wish we would have signed you. <laughs> we could really use you. <laughs> Honestly, though. Uh, and now there's like trade rumors and stuff like for Tannen. Boston, interest, Boston is interested in Jake Vertanen. I think that's what Elliot Freeman reported and Nashville's interested in Mikhail Godet's husband, which don't do that to us, Jim. No, it's going to be Francesco. Oh, oh yeah. Don't it's do that Jim, to us, Francesco. It's Francesco. <laughs> that's, oh. <laughs> we just got our spreadsheet thing back. Don't do that to us. Honestly, they just also heard that Nashville was a friend of the pod. So they were like, yeah, we're going to send Mikhail Godet's husband there. I feel like in a normal year, they'd try and make a big trade, but it's so much more complicated now because you trading across the border obviously is an issue. Um, And so that is, yeah, complicates things, but. Of COVID time, the NHL has a COVID problem. 
And I like, in an entirely foreseeable way, they are handling it in the absolute worst way possible. I think people realized this week that the NHL has not, in fact, been doing rapid testing. And their policy is that players who have been tested do not have to isolate themselves, but are in fact playing in games while they wait for their test results. Yeah. I have like, like I've got nothing. Like it's, it's ridiculous. And so in the last couple of weeks, I think they've postponed like a third of their games. They have to reschedule a whole bunch of them. There's um, something like five teams were like grounded. Yeah. And now Nashville and St. Louis, I think, now have to play seven straight games against each other. It's the Yotes. So because it's Arizona. Is it Arizona? Yeah. Two teams or whatever. They're now playing seven games against each other, which, like, okay. So I think the timeline of it was there was an unconfirmed case on the New Jersey Devils, and the NHL was aware of it but did not prevent the player from playing. The player played against the Sabres, and then there was an outbreak on the Sabres, and the Sabres were pissed, according to like all the reports that that happened, rightfully so. Um, and then yesterday, which was the ninth, Tuesday the ninth, Thomas Nosa gets pulled halfway through the second period in the Vegas game. I think they were playing LA. Um, he gets pulled halfway through the second period. They play the rest of the game. And then after the game, Vegas announces they're not doing their media availability because of COVID protocols. And then the Ducks or the Kings or whoever cancel theirs while they're doing it. And then today Vegas canceled their practice. But I think the last thing we heard was they're going to go play their next game against St. Louis anyway. I don't get how it's allowed. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, well, make- yeah, it has to do with their testing. So the issue is if they all tested negative, then it's fine. But the problem is <laughs> you can test negative and then later test positive, um, which, like, there's an incubation period. Also, like, we've said this before, and I will say it again. Hockey is the prime sport for COVID to spread. They're playing in a closed, cold environment. (laughs) They are constantly next to each other. They spit on the ice. They sweat on each other. Like, it's bonkers that that's, this is where we're at. But we've said it before also, their protocols are 90% performative and just put in place to illustrate a sense of um, public health awareness, uh, which ultimately doesn't actually protect public health. So. I just don't get why they don't have to pass like three tests. If somebody, if it's just like through contact tracing, someone they contact with, everybody has to pass three tests completely before they can go back. Like that's what the other sports leagues do. It doesn't seem that hard just to copy that from them. The last time I read through the protocol, and I don't know if they've updated it since then, I don't think they have, probably not, was they only have to do three positive tests if they've tested negative, if they've tested positive once. So that's what happened oh. with Jordy Ben, was he tested and then he had to get three tests because it was a false positive, he didn't pass through it, and then um, that situation. That being said, I don't know if they've changed it. Also, the issue that they don't have rapid testing is... That's wild. Yeah. But it's, this is also, like, Danny, wasn't Kevin Durant playing and then was pulled yet again for like COVID protocol reasons. And he, that's happened to him like four times or something. Yeah, that one was through contract tracing every time he hasn't had it, but they have such strict things. If you've come in contact with anybody who has had, like, you know, they trace it and yeah, they'll they'll pull you. And I get like, at least he goes out with that, that whole thing still like a lot and bothers me, but like the fact that they still come back and play in the NHL, like, in that game, that's really troubling. Everyone has COVID. It was a great point by Georgia that their protocols are all completely for the optics, as evidenced by 
the Capitals getting fined $100,000 two weeks ago for having players in each other's rooms, but Tampa Bay Lightning watching the Super Bowl together and taking a large group photo, totally okay within the protocols. Makes and also perfect. the grossest tweet, Champa oh Bay, Champa, Champa Bay. Bay. Is, like someone deletes Steven Stamkos' Twitter. Yeah, that was embarrassing for everyone involved. Speaking of cringe, <laughs> the Dallas Stars decided to offer their completely unsolicited opinion on the issue of national anthems before hockey games. Oh my God. So the Dallas Mavericks, I guess, haven't played the national anthem before any of their games. And they waited 13 games into the season to point out the fact that they hadn't because no one actually noticed because no one gives a shit about the anthem until you point out that you were not doing it. And then the Dallas Stars in some weird, bizarro gesture to, I guess, try to get back all the fans they lost when Tyler Sagan knelt with, with I think it was Dickinson, Jason Dickinson. Yeah. Decided to release this weird ass press release about how much they love the anthem and they're going to keep playing. And it's like, okay, cool. No one gives a shit. Thanks. This is literally the NHL's idea of like getting new fans and new fan outreach is just I don't know, being racist and patriotic. Being like, you know who we really would love to be hockey fans? Just a bunch of bootlickers. Yeah, I think they said they were like patriotic and blah, blah, blah. And then Ted, America. And then Ted Cruz, like, you know if Ted Cruz is like agreeing with you that you're just fucked. Like, truly, that man is a fucking ghoul. Yeah, I love the, but now the Mavericks are, now, are doing the anthem again. I think the NBA is making them because the NBA put out a statement. Yeah. That's the impression I got. I got really busy at work and I was like, crap. I want to yeah. like not work and dig into this. <laughs> I thought, because I thought they were, I thought they were pointing it out 13. Was it, is it actually 13 games in? I want to say it was like almost 20. Yeah. It's okay. I thought yeah. they were doing that because like 13. It's more. I, no, I said it's way more than that. It's yeah. Because that, that doesn't make sense. Never mind. I was going to say, it's out. like, yeah, it's like, probably around 25 I think yeah so now that the now the Mavericks are playing the anthem but it is really funny that like no one noticed because it truly shows that no one gives a shit if the anthem's played the only anthem that should be played is the Fergie all-star game remix it's honestly like I don't what's the point and then people were like who cares if Dallas is playing the anthem because the majority of the players aren't even American so like what does that matter? Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's one of those yeah. dumb, like, old things. And it, for people who watch the Super Bowl, the whole lead up is just like... America the Beautiful first? <laughs> Pro-America, like, military. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It was, it's really funny to watch those every year and just have... Knowing, knowing that the people who are like, sports isn't political are watching that and being like i love this so much and you're like oh it's not political with the jets having, flying overhead like <laughs> having joe biden like intro you isn't oh okay having donald trump at the national championship that's not political okay okay cool honestly like flyovers are so spooky it's like you're using these for like a fun sporting event preview thing and also to kill people like, they use, like, stealth bombers and stuff. It's weird. That's not political. Gotcha. As long as it's nationalism, it's not political. I always hate the Super Bowl because I love football and it just takes so long to, for, like, the game to progress. Because like, it's already a pretty slow game, right? And I'm just, like, everything's just way too, like, too much. Because everything is already a spectacle in the NFL. And this is just, like, oh, my God. What did no. you guys think about the halftime show? Um, I hate I, it. Was playing beer pong. <laughs> Atta girl. You didn't like it? Hate is a strong word. I, I was indifferent. I was bored. Yeah, that's fair. Vanessa, what did you think? <laughs> I didn't watch the Super Bowl, but I saw it. I saw the show on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I felt carsick throughout 50% of it, especially when he was, I think he was singing um, I Can't Feel My Face and he was in the like fun house. And then people started using that tweet um, meme, I guess. 
and it was everywhere on my timeline and I had to shut my computer because I'm like I'm going to throw up <laughs> just looking at Twitter because this is making me feel so nauseous like the thing is I like the weekend music but it was just it felt super low energy because his thing. music is kind of low energy though. yeah like it's not meant to be kind of like a halftime stadium show it's not the right vibe for it and like the dancers were not great and like going from JLo and Shakira last year to that was like it was a letdown I didn't like it I think Mal said it perfectly where she was like the weekend's music is about taking a bunch of cocaine and being in your feelings which doesn't like translate as well to amp people up in that way he sa- I thought he sounded good. A lot of people were complaining about his mic. I thought he sounded good. It was just Perfect like, lip-sync. yeah, but I was just like, they always sound good. You have to lip sync at the Super Bowl. God, I would lip sync. Yeah. I have no problems. Yeah. The with Red Hot Chili Peppers, the year they did it, they wanted to do it live and the NFL said no. They were like, oh, the really? production value is too high and mm. they actually won't let any of their artists. Yeah, that's well, The Rolling Stones are really bad. Remember was, that one? Was the, Ooh. I just that's the one I, they were just like so bad, like bad. Who was the best halftime show? I actually watched Prince. Katy Perry's today. I think Katy Perry's was really good. Yeah, Prince with the purple. Prince rain was really good. And yeah. the rain. Prince was really good. Michael Jackson's one is one that's really popular. Mm. I think U2 played after 9-11. And they did like a thing where they had all the names of everyone who died which was like obviously pretty visual to think about at that time. I'm trying to think I, of, yeah, the ones I remember are like Prince and Paul I McCartney. Yeah. Wings were there with him, I think. Yeah. Who would you have wanted to see instead of The Weeknd? I listen to depressing music, so. I would say Phoebe Bridgers, but like that would be the same as The Weeknd. Like, that would be worse than The Weeknd. That would be so depressing. Okay, like I've been listening to, um, <laughs> a mix of the most like random shit in the gym which is like right now it's like uh Sade, Lionel Richie and like Hall and Oates it's like the and I don't know like and I'm like loving it in the gym so like my ideas of like right now how hype music are just like messed up like <laughs> give me Jojo circa 2008 thank you oh, Jojo would be so good I love I wanted I wanted it to be Dua Lipa Oh, that's a really great choice. It's been a really good halftime show. She did some like random Champions League final, maybe, maybe a couple years ago. I wonder if they like wanted people, but everyone else was like, and also we want to potentially, oh, and also potentially we want to win Grammys. I don't know if she said no to this year, but there was a year that Rihanna said no because she was like, fuck the NFL. Yeah, she's, it was because of Kaepernick. Kaepernick, yeah, yeah she's yeah. Yeah, yeah. Moving on to, I guess this is all soap operas. None of this is actually sports. Okay. We're going to move into the real soap operas, also known as therapy. Um, as we mentioned at the start of the show, this is a awful, awful week in sports media, especially in Vancouver. Um, on Tuesday, I guess that was only yesterday. It doesn't, it feels like it's been like a week. Mm-hmm. Yesterday morning at like 9.15 a.m., Danny texts our group chat and it's like, something weird is happening on TSN 10.40. And I think at that point, like, they had started playing ESPN and had that weird announcement about, like, like stay tuned for an announcement of the future of 10.40. And 15 minutes later, you get this weird-ass robo-call voice essentially saying that they have eliminated the station, which has been a Vancouver mainstay for 20 years and like they're going to transition it to a full-time comedy station and they follow this ridiculous robocall by playing Good Riddance by Green Day which is the most fucked up weirdest twisted thing to do when what actually happened was they gave no one any notice the morning show is they were halfway through the morning show They were literally still on air. And I think Steve Ewan from the province reported that they had no idea what was going on. Five minutes before the announcement was made, they were remotely cut off from their mics and from their switchboard. And then they were pulled into a conference hall where they were told that the station was being eliminated and they were all let go. And this is coming from a media company that stakes itself on Bell Let's Talk Day, which was last week, where it holds itself out as some kind of corporate champion 
for mental health. I just want to say that that is a fucking load of bullshit. Like we've said for a long time that tweeting hashtag Bell Let's Talk, so you, that Bell, which is a multi-billion dollar conglomerate, will pay five cents towards God knows what. We don't actually know. They never actually tell you. Is ridiculous. And this whole thing, and it wasn't just the Vancouver station. They also cut the station in Winnipeg and I think in Hamilton. Hamilton. And and they had also they had also laid off 210 people in the GTA area the week before. This was part of like a week long series of cuts that they made. Yeah. Yeah. And the audacity of anyone to say that they care about mental health and then to eliminate people's jobs and livelihoods and careers in such a callous and deliberately cruel way is disgusting. It was like, yeah, I remember sitting there, I was sitting there, um, heard the thing about the fact that they'd made this weird announcement. And, you know, we'd been hearing about these cuts and um, Izzy knows a bunch of media guys. And I think there was the assumption that they'd be cutting some staff, Um, but that was kind of a natural progression where, you know, you have, people who've been working there for a long time, they're making a lot of money, so you cut those people. And that was kind of the assumption that that would be something that would happen. But then the week went on and they didn't cut anyone. So people kind of thought that they were in the clear. And then um, listening to it, you know, we were sitting, uh, I think on the couch, we were both listening to it, hear the robocall voice. And then when Good Riddance, Time of Your Life came on, which is my graduation song, (laughs) also Sam's graduation song. Um, It was just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it was such a moment of, it was like an out-of-body, weird dystopian experience where you're like, is this actually what's happening? And then as we like later found out in terms of what they were told, the fact that I think they were all told at eight o'clock that they were going to be having this conference call. I think that's what was reported. Maybe it was a little bit later, but that that was the way that things went down, um, that they were, yeah, just like Sam said, like it was just completely callous. It lacked total empathy. It was to do it on a Tuesday in the middle of a show? What the fuck? Like, you couldn't have picked a worse time to decide to do it if you wanted to, like, do good PR. Like, it just seems like they absolutely didn't give a fuck about the way that they were perceived in the market. And I think a lot of people have pointed out, and um, I'd encourage you to go follow Grady Sass if you want to hear some realities about working for TSN, um, that they just didn't give a shit about Vancouver. And that really showed up in the way that that it went down in terms of them closing the the entire station down that had been there for 20 years and that had been uh their second most listened to station in the country after toronto so chris golden on twitter he i guess because they registered a new domain for this funny station they're calling it literally funny 1040 is what they're calling the new show um he looked up the domain and apparently it had been registered back in october so corporate knew this was going to happen in October and they still didn't give any warning. That's really the corporate world for you. And like working in a corporate, like okay, my company I work for used to be owned by a Japanese couple and like a family and they were like super generous and it was like the best. Uh, an American corporation bought my company and what they do is like, cause my company's already established in Canada for like a long time and they're all across Canada. So we're like this big company that absorbs small businesses and just fucking like brings them in for like a month maybe and then just lays everybody off. And like during this pandemic, like single moms, just people who are actually good at their jobs and putting people who are not good at their jobs but make a lot less into these positions too. Yeah. And like a lot of other people getting like a lot more work. And that's just the thing. They just, it's all about money and they just do not give a fuck. Like that is just shitty corporate, the corporate world, unfortunately. It's like honestly like horrible and the worst. Like I was actually listening to 1040 and I like messaged, messaged Sam on the side, like not even the group first. Cause I was like, cause I'm like, um, cause you know, I hate them, but I was also just like, um, um, but yeah, I was just like, um, oh um i'm listening to it and it just like cut off and um they were playing black keys coming back from a commercial break i believe Mm. and like halfway through that little like the music thing it just like cut off to like the robocon it kind of sounded like end of the world stuff you know Mm. and then yeah i went into like espn radio and they were talking about the la rams 
And like, just, it was just weird, like hearing it at my desk at work. I just like, can't believe like it happened still. And like how they went about it is, yeah, just disgusting and awful. And yeah, it, like, it's just, it is the way it is in corporate and it's horrible and awful. And I don't like, don't know what else to say about it, but it really sucks. And it sucks for all these people too who are aspiring, who want these careers in the future, who are going to school to like BCIT for things like this. And like that just killed a lot of their careers as well and their hopes and dreams, which really sucks. And I feel like sports radio is really important and it is nice to have two stations. It was nice to have those options when 650 came in. Um, I know some of the 650 shows aren't my favorite, like their morning show isn't really my favorite or cup of tea really and stuff like that. So I do hope they do take some of the 1040 staff and they find jobs other places. But like, yeah, I just don't like know too. Like it feels weird. Like, I don't know where, like during the day when all my podcasts are like, not like, especially with football over, they're all kind of quiet and stuff. I don't know what to do. Like I always put on like 1040 usually. It just, yeah, it sucks. It feels weird. I feel so bad for everyone. And like, it was cool getting to go on 1040 too, on Rink Wide uh, with JD and Andrew Wadden. They had me on the day before I did my Botchford project, which was like really wild. And like before, like I did like any, like just my stupid blogging Connects Army. Yeah. Thank you, Jackson, for that. And yeah, so like all that was just like, just thinking back about that going on the air. I said bitch on the air too, which was like, (laughs) (laughs) I remember that. I was like, like, yeah, but yeah, without, yeah, like JD and Andrew Wadden, I feel like that helped me so much for the Botchford Project and to where I am now. So like, thank thank you to them. And just like really, yeah, it sucks. There is a general understanding of the precarity of working in the industry and the fact that everyone knows that it's rapidly changing, um, that they have issues with layoffs, that this stuff can happen. And like, everyone knows that. And last, I guess it was like last fall with Izzy, um, the athletic laid a bunch of people off and they basically had a call and they said, uh, in an hour, you should be hearing like from people if you have a job or not. And we sat, we had to sit there and then be like, do you have a job? Like no one knows. Um, And that was terrible. And I can't imagine that happening where everything just gets eliminated that you know. And I think, you know, they all, so everyone knew that working in the industry that you, you have that level of precarity, but I don't think anyone expected it to that extent. And I think for people who didn't, who didn't even work at 1040, it was a real slap in the face of like, this is how bad it is. Like, this is the level of where we're at now in terms of where the industry's going. And it's really scary. And I think, like Denny was saying, you know, we already have the issue in Vancouver with the fact that we are Canucks driven. You can't be on the radio in Vancouver unless you want to talk about hockey. And, you know, we were having people who were able to kind of talk about basketball. I know that Chantel and um, Anissa Hetherington just got their show where they were talking mainly about basketball. Um, And then you had a few other people with kind of these niche shows and that was really nice. Um, But the fact that now that air airspace has become so limited to just one station, like you're going to lose so much talent in this market because they are not going to be able to stay here. Um, and that also means that the spaces for people who are underrepresented have minimized. Um, and that's something we continuously talk about. We want more women on the air. We want more people represented. And now how many people on there, they have two people in the morning, uh, two people in a midday show, um, two people in the afternoon. Let's say there's 10 spots to talk like that is not enough. Um, and it's really sad. And I think we also had a lot of people who really supported us at 1040 um, in front of and behind the scenes, Blake Price, um, Andrew Wadden, JD, um, like these people really supported us. And it's a JPAT, like <laughs> the nicest person, the most dedicated person you will ever meet. Um, he lives like near Izzy's parents and we ran into him one time. We had this like really lovely conversation. It's just like a really good guy and they don't have jobs anymore. And that's really, really sad, really sad. And now they're all also in this vacuum of like 
trying to get new jobs. Um, and it's, yeah, it's awful. Just like, there's no other way to put it. It's just awful. I think the other thing that I want to say, and I think, you know, we've criticized certain kind of actions of people um, from TSN and the way that they've handled certain situations. And I think, you know, our criticism was valid and I think that it still remains valid, but I don't think in any moment did we want people to lose their jobs or to have everything torn up like that. And I think what we all wanted and what we were starting to see was um, a shift in the way that the radio station was going. And, you know, we saw that with, with the Chantelle and Anissa show and, and the way that it was starting to move. And yes, it was starting to move slowly and incrementally. And, you know, maybe it would take another like 10 years to see like that to the full extent. But I think we all wanted that to still exist. Um, 1040 to still exist to, for 650 to like for them to be still in the market together um, and for that to ultimately be able to illustrate the change that that we know um, and to be able to reflect the experience that we know as fans and have that on the radio um, we all grew up listening to that station because that's what was there like until 650 came in what was it 2016 um, we all grew up listening to 1040. That's kind of how we were all introduced to sports in certain ways. Um, and while we may have had our criticisms, um, it's not something that we ever wanted to see fully erased. And it has yeah. been erased. Everything is, gone. Everything is gone. And it was gone so quickly. It's bizarre. Right away. Um, I think that the, the other person we haven't listed yet is who has also been a huge support to us is Rob Fay. Um, and it's really shitty because I think the late night show that he was doing was kind of, he was just starting to take off. Like it was finally coming together and he was really getting into a groove the last few weeks. Um, and it's just the timing of it is so shitty. And yeah. Yeah. And I think he'll do something else really great. I feel like, I feel like he connects with the fans in a way other people don't and the way he makes his show interactive especially on Facebook live and he really embraces it more than a lot of the hosts do I feel like and really ma makes it interactive and he talks more with the fans and he loves it yeah he loves interacting yeah you can tell a lot of people don't and he genuinely does the people love it too it's just such a fun vibe and I feel like his fans like he built that loyal following and like we'll, we'll follow him wherever he goes for sure Oh, absolutely. And the other thing is, you know, we talk a lot about having women on the radio and sports and things like that. And Rob is one of the guys who I think has been consistently great about giving a platform to women. Like he's been really great to me. He's had Danny on his show. Um, he promotes us on his show all the time. And obviously like Rob and Chantel are an absolute dream team. Like I love listening to them together. Um, so I, I hope we'll have them back on our airwaves soon. I feel like Chantel needs to be on TV. Like, Chantel needs her own show. She's like, like her, I'm, like, I'm, yeah, like her, just her voice, her look, like everything. She's so smart. She's so funny. Like, I honestly don't know how, she, like, Toronto hasn't stolen her for, like, Raptors games and stuff. Like, I feel like she should be on, like, the sidelines of Raptors games, like, getting us interviews and stuff. Yeah, I think the last thing that I'll say is, like, support journalism if you can like um you know that's where we're kind of at with um the way that things are working like if you like jpat listen to the van cast because that's important like this stuff matters in ways that you kind of don't necessarily know um if you like a story you read like subscribe to something or you know become a patron of someone um that stuff really does matter um and yeah we'll see what you know we'll see what the market looks like going forward but it really was important to have those two stations and and even the 650 guys like talked about it extensively on their shows and i think you know bick and sat and cam barrett did a really good job on their connects i think it was connect central um particularly because Cam um, and Sat both started at 
1040, um, the healthy competition that was levied between them. And I'm not talking about the radio wars, which is like the fucking stupidest, like dick size competition basically of all time. Um, and isn't actually existent because of the way that radio stuff works. Um, uh, just the actual fact that healthy competition was deeply important for the way that journalism works and for pushing people up, like pushing up the ante so that people were, were putting out their best products. And um, yeah, I guess we'll see what, we'll see what happens. You can always listen to us instead of funny 1040. We're great. But we're only on once a week. So sorry. I would love, yeah, I would love if um, JPET, put out like a daily podcast on the athletic like an hour a day even just like him just what he did for 1040 all the hits he does because he did them for every show I feel like even multiple times it was on like shows. four times a day it was yeah so like funny. why not just like put all of that into like one podcast a day all that info and just give it to us because hell make a patreon we will all pay for that jpat we will pay for your shit all of us yeah will. Do you think J-Pat listens to us? He told oh, me he would. Yeah, okay, please. Please, well, J-Pat, I will pay for you. On the Twitter. But, like, I don't even remember. I don't remember Canucks coverage without J-Pat. Like, it's... I don't either. It doesn't... Yep. It doesn't make any sense, and I don't want it. So, like, yeah, I, I agree with Danny. J-Pat, make, make... Like, whatever. We'll pay you. Like... Just take my money so that I can have Connects coverage because I have no idea what else is going on otherwise. Yeah. Can, we'll make, if we have to, we'll make a Patreon and we will. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll host the J-Pat. Yeah, we no, will. No, we'll J-Pat, join the broadcast. Yes. Can you imagine, <laughs> can you imagine Jeff, Jeff having to sit here as we talk about, like, Someone fucking wag drama and he's just like, who are you people? Like, why are you? Be I'll be like, JPAT, you're supposed to be my mentor. Remember Bodford Project? <laughs> We're extending an invite. Maybe I'll, yeah. tweet, that Maybe I'll tweet that later. <laughs> JPAT, you're invited to join the broadcast. You just have to, like, brush up on your WAG drama, but we have you covered. <laughs> we will pay you. We'll start a Patreon. So funny. Yeah. We'll put a poll out. We'll ask the people, will you pay us <laughs> yeah. to have JPAD on a Patreon? We should. <laughs> so amazing. Uh, anyways, our hearts go out to everyone who was at Team 1040. Just, I'm going to call it from now on. Um, this really sucks. And we hope you all land on your feet soon. And fuck Bell. Say my name, say my name. I think this is our first name five players in like four weeks. Yeah. I actually don't remember the last time we did name five players. And for this week, to bring it back, we are going to do name five NHL players who would be better GM than Jim Benning. Soroya Tinker. Let me look it up. <laughs> it's my choice. Georgia with a great pick. Soroya Tinker. She can run my, she can run my team any day. I'm trying to think of like an NHL NHL player and I'm coming up blank. Okay, I'm uh, picking Mark Shifley because he claims to be like a hockey nerd or he cares about numbers. I don't know. I'm purely choosing Adam Gaudet just because you know he, like you just look at his bio. He knows his role and he, you know who he's putting in charge as president. Oh yeah, Michaela would be running everything. That's exactly, and we know how she runs things. We know what kind of shit Michaela runs. That's and actually really good. That's who I want as my president. My president, is yeah. Michaela Gaudet. Make Michaela Gaudet the president of hockey ops. That would be and so Michaela, good. yeah, and then Michaela Gaudet's husband, general manager. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the other players. Oh, um, okay, I got it. Oh, Zidane Chara, because he has a degree in financial planning. And he speaks seven languages. Mm. And as an aside, he is a licensed real estate agent in Massachusetts. Okay, Sam, who's your choice? Let's go. My pick is Jonathan Tate. That's fair. I don't have an actual reason. Well, okay, he went to college, which doesn't really mean anything at all. Um, especially if you look up 
Jonathan Taves and TJ Oshie frat boy photos because they're hilarious and everyone should do that. Didn't he get arrested for underage drinking? Yup. Yeah. Also with TJ Oshie. Yeah. But I feel like anyone who's actually given the type of thought he has to the NHL schedule. Yeah, that's true. Would probably be a good GM and he seems like the type who, I don't know, he seems like he would be good at it. Also, he's not playing this season, so, which I think he said was an injury, but I'm in my head. No, it's like like an unknown health issue right now. Yeah, okay. I think that's just because he didn't want to play because of COVID. Well, thank you all for joining us. Um, It's been fun to do a regular episode. Before we sign off, shout out to this week's 31 Thoughts. Mills Hogland. I think of a 31 Thoughts. I always forget. Ooh, that's a good one. The only. Shout out to this week's 31 Thoughts. Short King Yells, Neil Hoglander, the only valid Canuck. Buy our merch. Um, yes, buy our merch. Spreadshirt ships super fast and it's glorious. And yeah, the Canucks suck. So sorry. Yeah. Sorry to end on such a shitty note, but it's been a shitty week. But we love you all. And thanks for hanging out with us. You can find me at Samantha CP underscore. I'm at Danny Huntley. I'm at Vanessa Jang. Uh, I'm at Sports Lesbian. And I'm and, at Broadcast and, Pod, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 90% of our tweets are from Georgia. If you couldn't tell. You can't reach Georgia on her Twitter. Unless it says Android, then it's Sam. That's the hint. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes I tweet from my computer just to, like, confuse people. Oh. If it's like something, if it's something that I think we'll get in trouble for, I don't tweet it from my phone anymore. Um, but you can also find us at BroadcastPod. You can email us at BroadcastPod at gmail.com. We may or may not respond to you. And we've got a fun collab coming up soon with somebody that we really like. And uh, stay tuned for that one because it's going to be a fun one. Um, yeah. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.